Chapter 7, Part 2 of The Making of a Nation. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Making of a Nation, The Beginnings of Israel's History by Charles Foster Kent. Chapter 7, Part 2. The Temptations of Success. Modern life, and especially that in America today, is full of illustrations of the overwhelming temptations which come to the man who has had great success. Many a man has enjoyed the confidence and respect of his associates until his abilities have won for him large wealth, with which apparently comes at times a misleading sense of immunity from the ordinary moral obligations. The result has been that the sterling virtues which have enabled him to win success have been quickly undermined, and his public and private acts have become the theme of the public press. Instead of being an honor, he has become a disgrace to his nation. Joseph's sudden rise to power surpassed anything told in the Arabian Nights' tales, and yet he remained the same simple, unaffected man, more thoughtful for another's interests than for his own. The supreme test came in his contact with his brothers, who had insulted and cruelly wronged him. They were completely at his mercy, and he had abundant reason for ignoring the obligations of kinship. Did Joseph hide his cup in Benjamin's sack and later hold him as a hostage in order to punish his brothers or to test their honor and fidelity? Was this action wise? Did the brothers stand the test? No class was regarded by the Egyptians with greater scorn and contempt than the shepherds to whom they entrusted their flocks, because the task of herding sheep was regarded as too menial for an Egyptian. The public recognition of his shepherd kinsmen therefore revealed in Joseph the noblest and most courageous qualities. Why is such loyalty a primary obligation? Is it today regarded by all thoughtful men as one of the clearest evidences of a strong character? Can you give any modern illustrations, perhaps among your acquaintances? What is a snob? Did Joseph leave undone any act which loyalty to his kinsmen could prompt? Is Joseph's character, as portrayed by the prophetic account, practically perfect? Of the three characters, Abraham, Jacob, and Joseph, which offers more practical suggestions to the man of today? which has exerted the most powerful influence upon the ideals and conduct of the human race. The Standards of Real Success It is natural and inevitable that the various social classes of each succeeding generation should define their standards of success concretely, that is, by the lives and achievements of those who have done great things. In certain social groups, the world's champion prize fighter is the beau ideal of success. Among the camerists of Italy, that ideal is the successful blackmailer. In many sections of our great cities, the powerful ward boss, whatever be his methods, is regarded as the embodiment of success. Too often in America today, both in the public press and in the public mind, the multimillionaire is regarded as the preeminently successful man. Although the power to amass wealth is evidence of marked ability, the homage paid to it is one of the most sinister tendencies in American life. 
Ordinarily, it means that the ambitions and achievements of a Jacob, rather than those of a Joseph, are set before the youth as the supreme goal for which to strive. A most hopeful element in the present situation is that many of the world's wealthiest men are proclaiming their sense of responsibility to society in ways both practical and impressive. Far more significant than their actual gifts is this public declaration that each man is indeed his brother's keeper, and that no man has a right to use his wealth simply for his own pleasure. Leonidas and his fearless patriotic followers at Thermopylae left an impress upon Greek life and character that did not fade for centuries. The spirit of Robert Bruce still lingers among the crags in the heather-clad hills of Scotland. The patriotic devotion of Garibaldi has imparted a new character to the Italian race. Two hundred million of the world's inhabitants still bear the imprint of the fiery faith and fanaticism of Mahomet. America is rich in its memories of the achievements of such as Washington, Lincoln, Morse, Beecher, and Emerson. What characters in all history seem to you the best examples of real success? What men and women in the present generation? How can the great majority of the boys and girls and the men and women of today be led to accept those higher ideals of success which are the lotus stones drawing on the race to higher achievement? The Methods of Success the story is told of the late President Garfield that in the heat of a political campaign one of his lieutenants suggested that he adopt an exceedingly questionable policy. When Mr. Garfield objected, his lieutenant replied, No one will know it, but I shall know, was the quick reply. To thine own self be true, and it must follow as the night the day. Thou canst not then be false to any man. Hamlet, Act One, Score Two. Wealth and power are worthy goals for which to strive. One of the first duties of a political party is to capture the offices, for without them and its power it cannot carry out the principles for which it stands. The possession of wealth represents vast possibilities for service. Thousands of tragic experiments have demonstrated, however, the fallacy of the seductive doctrine that the end justifies the means. The tragedy that overshadows many of the seemingly most successful men of today is the memory of the iniquitous methods whereby they have acquired wealth or mounted to power. Lavish philanthropy and the beneficent use of power can never wholly blot out from the public mind or from the mind of the successful man the memory of certain questionable acts that at the time seemed essential to the realization of a great policy. A keen, well-informed student of modern economic conditions has asserted that no man can succeed in business life today and remain true to the teachings of Jesus. Is this true? Is it true in professional life? Is it true in politics? One of our most prominent statesmen has said, that he would have found it impossible to succeed and maintain his independence if he had been compelled to earn his living. He would have been compelled either to yield to the boss or quit politics. Who are some of the men in public life who are gaining success and yet maintaining Christian principles? If the ultimate ideal of real success is service, is there any other way in which men may obtain success? 
Is this true of every department of human effort? Does this principle make it possible for every man, however limited his ability and opportunities, to attain real success? Questions for further consideration. How would you define genius? Edison called it 2% of inspiration and 98% of perspiration. But see James talks to teachers. Is the chief difference between the successful and the unsuccessful man the ability to recognize and seize opportunities? Would Joseph's policy in dealing with Pharaoh's subjects meet with public approval today? Could Joseph have succeeded as well in a republic? Does Joseph's land policy justify the single tax, or serfdom such as Joseph countenanced? What place does loyalty to humble friends and kinsmen take in the making of great and noble characters? Would you say that the ultimate standard of all real success is service? Would it be wise for the state to enforce service for the public good by a heavy progressive inheritance tax? What justification is there for such a modification of Joseph's land policy as the single tax? See George, Progress and Poverty, Seligman, Essays on Taxation, 64-94. through 94. Do you think that a man earning his own living can expect today to succeed in politics and maintain his self-respect as an independent thinker? Subjects for Further Study 1. The Origin and Literary Form of the Joseph Narratives, Kent, Students' Old Testament, 1, 126-127. Hastings, Dictionary of the Bible, 2, 767-769. Smith, Old Testament History, 54-55. 2. Contemporary Parallels to the Joseph of the Biblical Narratives, Hastings Dictionary of the Bible 2, 772-775. 3. Compare and contrast the achievements of Joseph, Bismarck, and Cecil Rhodes. End of Chapter 7, Part 2. Recording by Selena Arter.